Yo, before we get into the episode, if you get value from anything Precious is going to say, which I know you will, go ahead and send her a DM. You know, thank her for being on a podcast. Just connect with her. If you're looking to get into Airbnb, DM her the word money and you can get into her mentorship. All right. Enjoy the episode. Listen. Stop what you're doing right now. If you have not got the CAT Credit Literacy course, free course, definitely go ahead and text the word course to 914-353-4741. Again, that is 914-353-4741. Text the word course. It's going to give you access to the free CAT Credit Literacy course. We decided to give out you know, some free sauce for y'all to help y'all situation. Even if you consider yourself a master at credit, I would definitely get it. Even if you consider yourself a novice at credit, I would definitely get it. So again, text the word course to 914-353-4741 to get the free cat credit literacy course. Enjoy the episode. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Consumer Ammunition Tactics Podcast, or CAT, where we provide you with consumer education to leverage your power as a consumer within this United States corporation. My name is Michael Benjamin. I'm the CEO of Consumer Ammunition Tactics, or CAT, where we leverage your credit, no debit. Welcome to the episode. Welcome to the episode of the CAT Podcast, Consumer ammunition tactics podcast hopefully y'all blessed amazing great i'm feeling very very blessed i got my homie precious price in the building i'm gonna read her bio and we're gonna get straight into it so precious price make sure you add the price when you say her name the 26 year old real estate entrepreneur based in the city of atlanta georgia in 2020 she completed her first real estate build with a 300 square foot tiny home in a backyard of her first investment property this build was shared and viewed by more than a quarter million, quarter million users via the three-part docuseries on YouTube titled Going Tiny. Make sure y'all tap in if you haven't seen that. Since then, she has planted her feet in the short-term rental space and is currently developing her web platform and community initiative, Landrift or Land, Landrift or Landrift? Which one? Landrift. Okay, Landrift. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Precious. How you doing? How you living? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm yeah, excited. Good, 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 good. Okay, it was great to hear. All right, before we even get into the Airbnb and all of that, I do want the people to know, you know, a little bit about you, like what you were doing before mm-hmm. Airbnb. So can we can we get into that? Some people might not know about the strategy behind branding yourself, all that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah, no, it goes yeah, way yeah. back. It goes way back. Yeah. So um, I am based in Atlanta, as mentioned. My name is Precious Price. I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia. I actually moved to Atlanta back in 2018. So in 2018, that is when I actually started the strategy behind Branding Yourself, which is my podcast, which talks everything in regards to marketing and personal branding and a little bit of mindset as well. Um, So I started doing personal branding where I got into, I would say, like the digital space via personal branding and helping people to really figure out, okay, how can they begin to monetize who they are online? Um, And just the knowledge that they know. So that is how it started. And prior to that as well, I was working full-time at a consulting firm um, doing digital marketing too. 
So once I left there and then I stepped into full time, um, I was side hustling Airbnb for a little bit. Um, and a lot of people might remember that as well. But I was side hustling Airbnb for a while while I had my full time job. And initially I started with an Airbnb back in 2019. I was not here in Atlanta very long at all. I started by just renting out my apartment. Super Bowl came here to Atlanta. And then once that happened, um, I realized just how much money was in this space. I'm like, okay, I think I want to do this like a little on a little bit of a larger scale. So I had continued to rent out my Airbnb or not my Airbnb, but my apartment. Um, And of course, that was not permitted. Um, so this was way back, kind of before it kind of blew, blew up for real. So that was not permitted. I received a warning. Thankfully, I was not like kicked out, evicted. I did not have to pay any money, but I did receive a warning. So at that point, that is when I started researching buying my first house. Ended up buying my first house about six months later. That was my very first investment property. And I began to use that one on short-term rental platforms like Airbnb as well. So that is when I started to realize like, okay, I can completely eradicate my living costs by doing this? How can I continue to scale up a little bit more so that now I'm making some additional income and it's matching what I have at my full-time job? And that's actually what it came to. So I ended up going on and of course getting like another rental property and then I built a tiny house as already mentioned and then I started um, and I got five apartments in Midtown in Atlanta, Georgia. So that's kind of how I began to scale and when I did that and my income started to match what I was already making at my full-time job, I decided to leave my full-time job because in addition to all of the rental income that I was making, I was actually monetizing everything that I knew. So I was selling this information in eBooks, having webinars, and then I still had my podcast, which is monetized as well. Mm -hmm. So um, there was really money coming in and that's when I kind of decided like, okay, I can step into this full-time. And since stepping into the short-term rental space, it's been like three years now. Um, So at this point, the dynamic has changed immensely. A lot of people know that here in Atlanta, Georgia with the housing market and everything. Um, So I am, I have recently decided to stop like actively scaling my short-term rental business. If opportunity presents itself, then of course, like I'm welcome to, I guess, entertain it, but I am not um, actively seeking additional Airbnb units right now because I've decided to really, I guess, transition more so back into the tiny house realm. So my docuseries had did amazing. And I realized like, okay, there's really some opportunity here with how the housing market is and the housing shortage we have to show people how they can do this within their own backyard too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You you definitely um, said a lot. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> all right. So for the for the people listening, we're gonna get into all the Airbnb stuff, but how did you actually get into Airbnb? Were you just looking to make extra money or did you have a mentor? Like how, how'd you actually get into the space? No, so it was honestly just looking to make extra money. I've always okay. been someone um like looking, just having a side hustle, making extra money on the side. And Airbnb was one of those ways where it kind of just again presented itself with a Super Bowl coming here to Atlanta. You mm. could make so much money during events like that, like large events, like the Super Bowl holidays. So even if you have just extra space in your basement, it's still very lucrative. Okay, cool. So from the time when you got your first one to scaling up to like, you said five? Eight, eight was the most that I had. Eight, okay, my fault. You know, let's let's put some respect on that. From (laughs) scaling all the way up to eight, what would you say, what would you say, were there any like barriers Going through all that, you know, let's let's touch on that a little bit. 
Absolutely. So I will say one of the primary barriers for me was being new in this industry or in this space. So I'm not someone who like, I don't have my real estate license. A lot of people mistake the fact that it's like, okay, when you're operating in this space at this scale, do you need a real estate license? It's not required. However, it might help in terms of some of, I guess, like the information you should know, but it then creates other restrictions if you're wanting to branch out, branch out into other, I guess, unconventional ways to be within real estate. So that's pretty much how I got started. Um, and from that point, I lost the question. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just saying, what were some barriers from oh, yeah. to scaling up? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so yeah, initially that was one of the barriers. Um, and then I would say another one of the major barriers are all of the regulations. So in each and every place, like even starting here in Atlanta, a lot of people thought that um, I had initially went out and I just got all of these apartments within, I guess, like my own name. I actually did not do that. Most of these were in my business name and there were a lot of still even regulations that you had to look at. Even though um, there's been this time period where you can kind of finagle your way into the business, it's always been best or how I thought was best to operate using my business again, because you can go ahead and leverage that credit effectively. Okay, perfect. So all your Airbnbs are in your business and none in your personal? My investment property is in my investment property. So that's in my personal. But the business expenses operate under my business. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. All right, let's talk, let's talk. So let's say I got good credit. Good (laughs) credit meaning... Um, people listening to my podcast, they know what build, how to build up a good profile. So let's say I got a 750 and everything. And I was doing some research. I think it was May 2020. Mm-hmm. You made a post that you joined the 800 Club, right? Yeah. So let's say, you know, I'm not a part of the 800 Club. I got like a 750. Do I need like an 800? Like what, what should I be aware of getting into a space? Absolutely not. So I would say you can have good, like good firm credit and still yeah. get within um, the Airbnb industry. Like I would say if you're within the 700s, that's a nice strong place to start. Not to say that you cannot start lower than that. However, when you are in the 700, 700s, that allows you to leverage your own like personal credit as a personal guarantor for your business. So you're more quickly able to get those larger amounts in terms of credit or those larger lines of credit because you have good credit yourself. Now, if you don't, let's say that you are lower, in that case, you are going to have to start with kind of solely building your business credit up while also trying to remediate whatever's wrong with your personal credit. But you can just start solely with business credit and not even touch your personal credit if that's something that you're working on. Definitely. Okay. I was going to ask you, I was, you answered my question. I was going to ask you people go to business credit route or should they go to personal credit route? But if I have that good personal credit, why not leverage my business credit to get into it? So what, what would be the process of that? Do I got to, let's say I don't have no LLC. I got to go get an LLC. Like let's walk through mm-hmm. Absolutely. So of course, in order to have business credit, you need to first have a business. So absolutely. That number one first step is going and go going to go and get your LLC. Now you want to do this at your Secretary of State's website for whatever state that you are in or you are wanting to get started. Some people ask the question of, okay, well, should I get started in Delaware or Texas because there's no state taxes? It's absolutely up to you. Consult a professional. That is not me in that realm. So number one, (laughs) you want to get that LLC. Number two, go ahead and get your EIN. That's pretty much think of it like your social security number, but for your business. It is an identifier for the IRS so that you can make sure that you're actually doing business the right way. From that point, you're going to be getting your DUNS number. Now, your DUNS number is really where you get started building, I guess, or establishing that business credit because this is going to be the number that is associated with your business's financial history and credit profile. 
So you can get all of those things by yourself. You do not need to necessarily consult a professional unless you want to. You can do all of that online yourself. Now, once you start and you have that done number, that is when you then go and seek these vendor accounts, trade line accounts. You might hear net 30 accounts, mm -hmm. trade reference accounts. People call it a bunch of different names. It's all of the same thing. But understand that they're pretty much just accounts that you are able to create on vendor websites. Think of it like Amazon, JCPenney, Sam's Club, Lowe's, and they're giving you a specific credit line to use on their website. So if you're using it on their website, you can spend up to that amount for whatever your invoicing terms are. For a lot of people, it starts at net 30, meaning yeah. after 30 days, you're gonna have to pay it back. Um, but you can use that. And then once you pay it back, that is your way they are reporting your payment so that you are building that business credit. And typically it takes, I would say around 60 to 90 days on average, if you are being consistent with your purchases and actually paying that money back on time. Okay, perfect. Okay, let's say I did what I did. I went through all the tiers and everything. Would you recommend using a line of credit? Should I use 0% business credit cards to mm -hmm. actually fund it? How much do I need to get started in Airbnb? Let's let's talk it. Yeah, so in terms of how much you need to get started, so of course this is gonna vary by location. And then also I like to say like the category of what you are going after for your Airbnb listing. Some people wanna get started with Airbnb and they are solely going for luxury, high rise, condo, white towels. Of course that is gonna cost you a bit more because you're now going after a completely different segment of people. And that's what you have to think about as well as your segment of people is going to, I guess, determine exactly how much you're able to, I guess, use to get started as well. Mm -hmm. On average, I would say if you are looking for something that is more standard, um, you're willing to go to places like Amazon, TJ Maxx, HomeGoods, you know, those types of places to get discounted items and you don't mind, usually you can get started for no more than about five to $7,000 for a one bedroom, one bathroom apartment, maybe even a two, depending on how much that rent is. But we need to understand that rent prices have been rising like crazy lately. So you definitely want to take that into account when you're thinking location. But when you're looking at getting started in terms of what lines of credit, number one, you don't necessarily even have to have a revolving credit card just yet in terms of getting started with Airbnb. You can get to the point where you have a Amazon business account, where you have a JCPenney vendor account. And for the most part, most of the things that you are going to need is certainly on Amazon, but can certainly also be on JCPenney as well. So mm -hmm. you might not have that revolving credit, but you have that net 30 account that you're able to use to, all right, let me go ahead and get everything that I need and get into this unit as quickly as possible. And the more quickly you get into it and you get started, the more quickly it is going to begin paying for itself. And even when we think about it, when you get in, when you are getting started also, I guess comes into account as well, because if I was to get started, for instance, right now, and I'm like, all right, I want to get into a unit, I have my credit already established, and it's going to take no more than a week, this would be an amazing time because I can more quickly make money back utilizing Memorial Day as a holiday as well. Mm, okay, true, true. So would you recommend I get one and then make sure that, you know, I pay back what I owe? I, what if I get, what if I want to get multiple? What's your thoughts on that? I wouldn't necessarily say you need to pay everything back in full, but as long as it is on a track to being paid, meaning that it is showing that it is actually, I guess, profiting, then yes, go ahead and get started with another one. But usually the only way that you are going to, I guess, hold yourself back a little bit with this is actually kind of getting your bearings. I feel like it 
sometimes has to do with money. But for a lot of people, it's like, okay, I'm still learning how to manage, you know, having this cleaning team. And sometimes I feel like I have to go behind. Them. I'm still trying to learn how to, you know, make sure my guest process is as seamless as possible. And then even furthermore, some people, they don't necessarily want to expand in that way. So I have clients within my program to where they expand, not in terms of additional units, they expand in terms of, all right, now I have a business car in my name and I have that on Turo and I've matched that or I've paired that with my Airbnb unit that I have to mm. create a full experience for my guest. That's a play right there. Okay. I hope, I hope people are taking notes for sure. <laughs> How do I find a cleaning team? Um, you can use Turnover BNB. There are a ton of Facebook groups where you're able to just kind of drop some information in and like they'll, I guess, open those requests and then Google. Um, but to be quote, completely honest, there is no way to find a perfect cleaning team. If you are looking for a perfect cleaning team, it is going to have to be you because nobody is going to care about your business yeah. the same way that you do. Okay, that makes sense. Have you had any bad experiences as far as like cleaning? Is there anything to tell us to watch out for? Oh, my goodness. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so in terms of like bad experiences with cleaning, absolutely. Um, I've had numerous cleaners like the turnover for cleaners, um, at least in my experience, has been a lot, um, especially as I've evolved or expanded to eight units and then even kind of retracted. And now I just have my three. Um, the main piece I see is having to go after the um, cleaners because not only are they, they aren't just working for you. These cleaners also have their own business that they are wanting to expand and have more clients as well. And as cleaners tend to have more clients, that I guess that, that experience or not even that experience, but the time that they actually dedicate for your unit is, become, is going to become less and less because let's say for instance, they have three different clients that now have cleanings or check-ins on Friday and everything needs to be cleaned. Mm -hmm. They are gonna be expanding that team, yes, but that's not the person you necessarily brought in. So one of the primary issues that I find is, all right, I found a cleaner and they're amazing at first, but then they begin to expand and now they have additional people on their team. And all of these people are training and consistently missing things. Um, so that's what gets hard. It's just like, it's not the initial person that you might've been working with. And even furthermore, as they are expanding, I find that like the effort and the time they're willing to, I guess, spend just at your unit for let's say three to four hours, it kind of continues to diminish. Okay. Is there a way to fix that or is just part of the game? I would say it's part of the game, but also it's understanding that you have to make it as easy as possible for these cleaners as well. So some people don't even have a washer and dryer within their unit and they expect these cleaners to be in and out. That kind of makes it hard if you don't have all of the supplies that they need to make a full turnover or a full flip. So just making sure that you have all of the supplies they need, having a washer and dryer inside of there. And even furthermore, I like to now, like I've discovered they've cleaned so many different places and everybody's, I guess, um, idea of what clean is varies um and i think all of us can agree on that yeah, yeah. But what helps is actually providing them with some kind of checklist of all, all right when you come in each and every time this is what i want done because they might meet somebody who's like all right you know you don't have to change the sheets every time but you are wanting those sheets changed every time mm -hmm. you should you just have to make sure that you're being very clear and specific with what you like so communication is huge Absolutely. Okay. 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 And even yeah. then, even if you are communicating, just ensuring that you are also um, being a good leader of your own business and following up and making sure that those things are getting done, at least at, at the start, as you are establishing that relationship. It's easy right. to get into it. And it's like, 
all right, we're in this business. We, you know, share this experience. It's very understanding. It seems like we're friends, but you still need to make sure that you're following up to making sure everything is done how you're expecting it to, because it's ultimately you that's going to hurt in the end if that cleaning isn't done correctly, because that's going to hurt your ratings on your yeah. host profile on whatever platform you're on. Okay, cool. You said something about having a seamless process. So how long did it take you to actually figure out your process? Oh my goodness. I would say at least like, at least 12 months. And this is me in terms of like figuring out my process and also expanding in the process because I never hit pause. It was like, okay, I got one unit. All right, let me get started on the build. Let me get another one. Let me get these apartments. So our process is kind of being built or was being built as we were doing it. Now, of course, initially, um, just because I understood the guest experience, we had a lot in place up front, meaning like pre-scheduled messages to where, okay, if somebody asks a question, it's automatically going to give you a specific response so that I don't always have to be on my phone. Mm -hmm. Or for instance, me always understanding that um, a major piece I feel like hosts go through is understanding how do I really um, communicate with, communicate the experience to this guest, but also understanding that whatever you're writing in your listing is like a contract. How do you make sure that you're including everything so that it's not only like giving them the idea of the experience they're going to get, but also protecting you in case anything goes wrong? These are pieces I had up front, but the aspect of really figuring out like, okay, who is it really specifically that is the best type of person to stay within my house? Um, that was a piece that it took me a while to master over time. Because initially when you have a larger space, it's like, all right, the more people I allow in here, the more money I'm going to make. Like I can put a bid here. I can do it yeah. here. It's easy for us to get into that. And then it gets to a point where it's like, all right, I said 10 people can fit in here. And now 10 people have come and three of them have brought friends. And it's so easy for it to turn into a situation where like now your home isn't being respected. Um, and I didn't quite understand that at first. I thought that it's like, as long as I have a large space, I should continue. The only way for me to make money is to add more people, allow more people in when it's like, no, you can absolutely make money within different demographics. You just really have to think about who that is. And for me, I started to think of families with small kids. I have a large backyard, specifically in the first unit, the first main unit unit I had large backyard to where of course like I have a large home but I thought that because I had that large home cool let's say that 14 people can fit in here no I can say that this is just for like a six-person family and they are willing to spend that money because they might be on vacation and they're trying to show their kids a new city it just it creates so much opportunity when you really start to think about the business in terms of an actual business and not just a side hustle where you're just trying to get some people in and mm. get so basically identifying that demographic of who you want in there, identifying, oh, I'm going to do a high rise versus I'm going to do um, mm -hmm. a regular apartment, that kind of thing takes exactly. into play. Okay. Exactly. And I would say, don't even like, don't sign the lease until you understand that or until you know, like who is going to be the best person to be within this apartment. You just can't say, okay, I've gotten my yes. Because so many people, um, even furthermore, like again, in my program, they'll get a yes somewhere, but the location is kind of off. 
or the management is kind of off. Just because you've gotten that yes does not mean that you should just go ahead and pull the trigger because if you're saying that you want to target travel nurses or corporate workers, they're going to be looking for a clean space. They might be used to staying in hotels where that cleanliness is up or the, I guess, the management experience is up to where they can say something or have an issue and it gets fixed. If you can't do that or provide that with where you've said yes to, there's no point in you even trying. You're just setting yourself up for failure. You have to understand who is the best person to be there. So if I'm, for instance, downtown, I can't necessarily say that I'm open to, I guess, targeting travel nurses if I'm right next to the nightclub and the travel nurse needs to sleep at night in order to get up really early. That's not going to make sense and it's going to create a bad experience for them and a bad business for me. Okay, so I guess reducing that time would be maybe creating an avatar for your ideal client and going from there? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So when you were figuring it out, was it like you had your spaces and then the market just kind of determined what it was for you? You made a conscious decision, like I got to figure out who to put in my spaces. So I had the idea of like the locations, the type of locations I wanted. And I would say the categories I was willing to say yes to. I wouldn't say that I pinpointed exactly, but I'm like, okay, I know for a fact, I don't want any young travelers. I don't (laughs) want anyone who's coming to Atlanta and it's their very first time in Atlanta and really got to do it big and do it up. I don't want none of those people. So it's like, okay, I want, you know, I want the grown folks who are coming to Atlanta. They might be coming for a reunion, that type of thing. Um, So I just had an idea of the location and the type of people that I wanted. And then once I got a place within the location that I knew, okay, this is lucrative. I can make this work because a lot of people ask me, what is the best location in order to to get started? There is really no best location, right? Because you can make money in any location. I could be, for instance, 20 minutes outside of Atlanta from downtown, from all of the mix of the parties and the lounges and everything, but I'm in Austell, Georgia, and I'm five minutes from Six Flags, and now I'm targeting people who have kids, and they might be celebrating a birthday, and it's kid-themed on the inside. I can make a bunch of money like that because I've understood my target market now. When we think about location in terms of that, it's like, all right, as long as the location can do well in some fashion, there's something around there, then all right, I think I can make it work. Okay, definitely. So I know you have a background in branding yourself. Is this yep. something that you talk about in your program where you make your um, you make your clients clear on who they're serving and things like Absolutely. that? Okay, Absolutely. is there like a framework or is, I don't know if you could talk about it on a podcast? Yeah, okay. yeah. Talk about the framework. So the framework is public. Um, so this is pretty much just more so like the six-figure framework within our Airbnb money program. Gotcha. So the first piece of it, um, you can kind of think of it in like three buckets. The first piece of it, this is what we're saying that you're going to need if you are looking to succeed within this industry. So number one is industry knowledge, meaning do I understand the hospitality industry? People think that this is just all right, I can put up it put the listing up on Airbnb, I'm gonna get paid and then that's it. You really have to provide some kind of hospitality for the guests and understand that like you still have to show up somewhat in order to get paid. It all cannot be automated. This is not completely passive and it's not completely passive at the beginning. So understanding how the industry works is that very first portion. The second piece is business acumen. Um, I like to integrate business acumen in here because if you don't understand it, like we already mentioned, you won't succeed. So in here, this is more so how do you understand marketing, sales, communications, because that is really the backbone of most of this business. 
How can you market this? How can you really sell in a social way on your listing so that people are wanting to book with you over the 500 other people that are also listed in your city? And that last piece is capital. So obviously you are going to need some type of capital in order to get started, but this is really just rating yourself in terms of how is my personal credit looking? Do I have business credit established? How is that looking? Do I have any cash on hand that can be used to get started within this? Because that's something that can also contribute to all of my startup costs as well. So industry knowledge, business acumen, as well as capital are those three pieces of the framework that are going to get you to that point of saying like, okay, I really understand this business and I feel like I can successfully get started in Airbnb. Okay. I'm going to just say my listeners know when we talk about capital, we're not using our own cash. We're going to use a credit. Get your credit right. You know, we're going <laughs> to leverage that. So, mm-hmm. okay. So you've obviously had a lot of success with the Airbnb space. Some mm-hmm. people, some people that maybe, they, maybe they're doing Airbnb. I don't know. I don't know who follow you. I don't know if any of y'all haters listening to this. Why are people not as successful at you as you at Airbnb? Like what, is there anything conscious? Is it just in you? Like what, what can you give to the people? No, I think it's a conscious piece of actually understanding the business behind this. A lot of people, um, especially within like the last year or two, um, they were just starting businesses, right? It's like the pandemic hit, everybody started a business yeah. and they're just wanting to quickly get started. So, so many people thought that the entire business behind this, especially because we have a lot of coaches who are online just saying, hey, make money in your sleep. They're not giving you the real information behind like what's the work that's required behind this. So mm. people expect it to just, all right, I can go to Walmart and, you know, get all of this really cheap furniture, throw it in here. And I don't really have an idea of my market. I'm going to throw it up. I don't really have a proper description for my listing as well. And I'm going to get paid. And that's just not how it works. And I hate to say it. It is because um, I don't like to say that like the market is oversaturated, mm. but there have been a lot of people coming within the market. So if you just have another listing, that's just very basic. And you just threw it up just like 500 other people, there's not going to be a reason for me to book yours. Like, honestly, it might not even show up. So I felt like that's really one of the main pieces that's, I guess, un- it, it hasn't helped people. It's hurt people who've gotten started because they don't realize just everything that comes with this. And that is why primarily with my platform, Airbnb Money, a lot of people like to say, it's like, not only do I share the good, I share the bad. I mm-hmm. share with types burst. I share when I get a one-star review, I share the crazy comments, the crazy reviews, because Mm -hmm. I want you to understand that it's not all $10,000 screenshots for the month. And it's, it's not all great. You really have to understand that a lot comes into this and you risk a lot as well, especially working on these short-term rental platforms that are for the lack of better terms, they are the middleman. That's really it. You could do this yourself. They're just providing you with an avenue to easy, more easily reach the guests. Okay. So you mentioned Airbnb money. Um, if you, if you're a follower of mine, make sure you go follow Airbnb money on IG. So I want to talk about marketing mm-hmm. Airbnb money. You've built up a platform on IG. Is it necessary in order to make money? Like what's the importance of marketing? Let's talk about that. The importance of marketing. Marketing is everything. Marketing is how you get your items sold. Marketing is yeah. how you get your name known. 
it's it's just it's just that avenue to just get it. So um, I think marketing is the backbone of everything, which is why I was so grateful when I kind of I don't even like to say that I transitioned from marketing and branding into Airbnb. I just integrated the two because uh-huh. you're going to see, as you've already stated, like I built up a really, really good platform on Airbnb money from all of the marketing and branding techniques that I was teaching other people previously. Mm. The fact that I had a real focus, I understood my value and I gave out a lot of free value and also. I really built a community around it. It was for those people who are like, okay, I want to get started and I want to know what I'm getting into. Um, And that's how I was able to really build up that platform, not even on just Instagram, but also YouTube as well. Like everywhere Mm -hmm. is talking about this, talking Mm -hmm. about that experience. Um, So like I said, marketing is really everything in terms of all of that. Um, And that's why I integrated with into the program. So that's one of the levers that I had already mentioned, marketing, sales, communication. Because if you don't have that marketing, how you how are you going to make someone click your listing? But like you have to understand it. But I wouldn't say that it's required in order for your, for instance, your actual Airbnb listing to succeed. Okay. A lot of people do create these Instagram pages and Facebook pages because they're building up like entire, I guess, a, a fleet of suites that they have, like a fleet of units. Um, or even furthermore, they might create an Instagram page because they have a themed unit and that's their way of marketing that theme, marketing that theme so, they're th- so that they're getting more bookings. But it's not required, especially not with your very first one. Okay. But Sounds you have good. to think about that though. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes <laughs> sense. About it. Okay. I know you, I know you do speaking. I don't know if you're still actively do speaking. So I wanted to talk about how important mindset is when it comes to the Airbnb. Can we, can we talk about it? you you can get into this game and you will be so stressed out and and I it's it's funny because it's like I bring people onto my team right like I bring in property managers and it's interesting just to see like how their idea of just rentals and Airbnb changes once they're on the other side of this as more so a host Mm -hmm. um it's absolutely interesting so mindset is very important just because if you do not if you're not strong within your mindset, things are going to begin to hit the fan because they are. I always say that the best way for you to kind of prepare for something is to understand that something is going to happen. Don't think that nothing's going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Something's going to go wrong and just make sure that you mentally prepare yourself for it. So when something goes wrong, at that point, you have to have the mindset to say, I'm going to keep doing this. Because yeah. the way that I feel like the way that Airbnb or I guess this game is set up, typically we are getting leases that are anywhere between six months and 12 months. It's easy for a negative experience that you have that isn't even factual with the guest, for instance. It's easy for a negative experience like that to ruin everything that you've already built. And then at that point, you're saying, all right, I don't want to do this anymore. If you don't have the mindset to say like, okay, how can I actually pivot? What is the real reason behind this? But I typically like to say like, for me, I can't go back to a job. So how can I pivot in terms of if this is something that is no longer serving me or if I'm feeling like, all right, my mind isn't really in this. I'm not enjoying it. I'm not passionate about some aspect of this before um, or before I'm deciding to leave. How can I figure out how can I transition this into something else? And for me, I mean, I like to use myself as an example. Um, There were some things that it's like, Airbnb really knocked on, knocked down or tested my mindset, I was 
Mm. It tested my mindset in terms of, can I handle this while also trying to juggle my full-time job while also trying to juggle creating a podcast and, you know, having guests on and recording, how can I handle all of this? And then even furthermore, once I started the tiny house build and really figuring out like, all right, I have to work with all of these contractors. This is my very first time doing this. And a lot of people don't realize I'm not from Atlanta. I'm actually from mm -hmm. Chicago. So I'm down here in Atlanta. And a lot of this I'm doing for the very first time I'm doing on my own. Mm -hmm. So that in itself kind of just creates a, okay, do I really know what I'm doing? I'm questioning my decision-making, but in order to kind of, I guess, overcome all of that, again, it's just understanding, like going back to those baseline principles. That's been for me, like the main thing. I understand my business. How can I, again, transition my business or transition the real value of what I have and turn it into something else? And that is why it's like, you see me talk about the tiny homes because that's something that I still have fun with, but it's still within this short-term rental space. So right. I'm just getting a little more specific. Okay, great. Okay, yeah, continuing on mindset, there was a piece of content you posted. I was on your page. I wanted to play it out loud for you and just kind of see, you know, from the source where the inspiration <laughs> for that came from. Okay. Oh, wrong one. Hold on. I'm like, dang, that one, that one inspired you, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> from there, you're, you're scaling. Because some of you are immediately jumping into, I want to make money in my sleep. You ain't even made money while you up. What? How you want to make money in your sleep and you ain't even made no money while you up? <laughs> make it make sense. Make it make sense. You're, ju you're, you're jumping levels. You're jumping levels. It don't make no sense. Tell, somebody, tell me if that makes sense. <laughs> it don't. It don't. I see everybody laughing. It don't. <laughs> it don't make no sense. So you're trying to make money in your sleep and you ain't even made no money while you up. Use your time wisely. Use your time wisely. So whenever people All right, so that was it. Was I'm assuming I was related to Airbnb. Can we can we talk about that? Like where where did that come from? <laughs> Absolutely. So that is um, one of my live videos. That's a replay of my live video. I go live a lot um, on the Airbnb money platform talking about my experience, but also talking about things related to money marketing and mindset as well. Gotcha. So that was one of the mindset pieces um, because I see a lot of people or a lot of people who tell me they're interested. Like I've touched base with thousands of people in regards to Airbnb at this point, whether mm -hmm. it's DM, webinars, what have you. And so many people are wanting to do this and they do something else. And their primary goal is to make money in their sleep. But when I ask them, okay, what are you doing right now? Like, what are the ways that you are actively making money? Aside from just the job that you just have to go to, but you claim that you hate. Aside from that, what are you doing? And a lot of them have nothing. Like they're wanting to put in no work in Airbnb, but you just wanting to make this passive income. You can't make the money in your sleep until you're actually actively making it while you're awake and you're putting in those hours and you're putting in that work. So mm -hmm. I would say that's the main thing that that was just speaking towards is like, you can't sit and say like, okay, I don't have the time to do this, but now I want to start Airbnb and I want to make money in my sleep, but you don't want to put in the work for it. You got to put in the work. Definitely. definitely. Okay. Yeah. No, that was definitely a fire piece of content. So I just wanted to mention <laughs> that real quick. All right. Transitioning. So some people might say, you know, Maybe I might instigate certain situations. I want to know about a situation you had with your Airbnb, which you made uh, public. I think there was like an arrest or something. Can we talk about that a little bit? 
Absolutely. So yeah, so um, I back in this was September of 2021. Um, I had a guest in one of my corporate lease departments. So these are the like the five kind of fleet of apartments that I told you about. Yeah. I had a guest within one of those apartments that pretty much um, was refusing to leave, um, was refusing to abide by I guess the contract that we had created and this is your checkout. So he was refusing to leave. And of course, um, if you do not know or you do not understand, this is something that I didn't even know coming with coming into this game. This is why I tell people about it as well. But when you have an instance like that where a guest is not leaving, there's not a, a hotline that you can call on these platforms like Airbnb and VRBO and they're going to send a team out. There's not, you can't even, even when you're calling um, the police or like local law enforcement, they are very, I guess, selective in helping in instances like that because typically they are considering it a civil matter, civil matter rather than like a criminal matter. And they mm -hmm. deal with criminal matters typically. So that's something that I did not necessarily know before actually being in this situation. But typically a lot of people think as well, it's like something like that will never happen to me until it does happen to you. Um, so that is what happened to me. And after attempting kind of making three attempts with local law enforcement, making my own attempt in terms of just going and speaking to them in a cordial way. Um, at that point, I had then decided like, all right, my name is on these leases. Uh, I am going to show up to the apartment and I am going to do what I am typically going to do, right? Like I'm just going to go in, I'm going to go in the kitchen, I can sit down and I'm going to make it to a point where, all right, you might be a little uncomfortable and understand that, all right, it is now time for me to leave because I've overstayed my welcome. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And of course, as a woman within real estate, um, I'm an advocate for having your license to carry. Mm -hmm. I had my license to carry, mm -hmm. um, had my license to carry there and very, very long story short, um, law enforcement ended up coming um, because at that point, when I immediately stepped into the apartment, the guest had become very aggressive. So they're kind of like chasing me around the apartment, all in my face, have their camera. Um, and at that point, I did have my weapon and they've now seen my weapon. So they've called the police and they're pretty much saying on the phone, she's waving this weapon at us. We have a kid in here. Um, and the police come and of course, like, the wife is crying and there's tears and it's a whole bunch of stuff. And even with me having my printed leases in hand um, and all of that, they then make the focal point, the fact that I have this gun. There is, there was a three-year-old child in the space, but again, this is an apartment. So he was more so closer to the kitchen mm -hmm. rather than where we were. But because I had this gun, they're saying that I had time to de-escalate the situation. So I was then charged with um, disorderly conduct. And that is pretty much how that played out. Um, it did not play out in the best sense at all. It is still an ongoing case. Um, those guests ended up staying in the apartment an additional like three days once I was arrested. Um, and they took like $600 worth of items when they left. Um, and the major, I kind of, I guess the major piece of this is um, they are not from this country, or at least the husband was, whose name was in the reservation. Um, they are from like overseas. So they're from, I believe like Belgium or Brussels. Um, but yes, so that is what happened with that. Very, very unfortunate. Um, crazy, crazy. And I, I think the main piece that I'm upset about is missing the reservation I had after him that was supposed to come. Because yeah. there was there was a concert in town. I was supposed to make a good grip yeah. <laughs> yeah. on that. And that one was just kind of out of there. So I think that's the main piece that I'm mainly upset about. Gotcha. Would you say that you did everything you were supposed to do as far as like the vetting process? What does your vetting process look like? 
Yes, absolutely. Like my vetting process is amazing. We require a state ID. And then for those longer, longer term stays, meaning like he wasn't staying 29 days or anything like that, but he was staying initially about 15 days. We do require a separate contract to be signed, even in addition to that. And that separate contract was signed, but the piece or the difference was that he had a completely different name and alias name on his profile. But his profile was absolutely amazing. He was a host where he was from. Oh, wow. Three different properties, amazing reviews. Um, I even sat and I spoke with him like about my business starting out and about how Airbnb is here in the US, like at the beginning of his reservation. So I honestly, like I never could have guessed this. Um, yeah, I really feel like I did everything how we were supposed to do it. We crossed our T's and dotted our app dotted our eyes. The only difference I do think about sometimes is um, whether or not like had I, for instance, sent or had primary, I guess, back and forth in communication with the guests, because at this time, like I had a property manager, I had an assistant. Um, but when I think about that, it kind of makes me also think about the fact that um, previously within my business, I've always had a issue with, I guess, like having help like just asking for help, delegating things. I do everything myself. So when mm -hmm. my mind immediately went to, okay, well, if I just did everything myself, it would have went perfectly. I knew that that was just kind of my ego talking. Mm -hmm. So I like to still think that it's like, okay, I did everything that I needed to do. And the only additional thing I could have done was just run myself into the ground and did every single task myself. But who wants to do that? Yeah, that's not, yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's not let's not turn people off from Airbnb. Let's talk about the good. Like any, any best <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> and that's the piece that I, I like to be very clear. Like I yeah, talk I like about that. all of my real experiences because this yeah. is a way for you to understand what like what could possibly go wrong or what is really going on in this industry. But it's not yeah. a way for you, it's not a way to turn you off to Airbnb at all. It's more so for you to understand, all right, this is what went wrong with Precious. She told me how she ate that, got back, um, and the lessons learned. And this is how I can better operate within my own business now. So yeah. don't don't let it scare you. Don't yeah, let it. Yeah, no, I'm playing. <laughs> um, any best guests? Have you had like repeat, repeat uh, guests and stuff like that? You yeah, have relationships with your guests? Like yeah, so I okay. would say like in terms of the actual like relationship building and people who are repeat guests, we don't have a ton of them. I would say we've had a handful before. Um, okay. And those are mainly guests who are like, okay, you come back and you've really liked the space. And I guess I've caught you to where you're going to be back within the next few months. But other than that, it's not a consistent thing, I would say. I've seen people or even on our team, for instance, we do keep email addresses and all of that for the guests in terms of if we ever, if anything hits the fan with any of the platforms, or for instance, if we ever want to go to direct booking methods, which we have and we do now as well, um, we are able to contact those guests aside from the platform because you want to think about like, for instance, we've seen Instagram go down, we've seen Twitter go down. Mm -hmm. it, platforms were to ever go down what are your options I can easily just send an email blast out to all of my previous guests letting them know this is what the availability we have so yeah okay so you would recommend that people build an email list of their previous guests okay Absolutely. 
build build an email list and like if you're looking to really have like those ongoing guests the best way to do that is creating a welcome packet so there are some of my units where we had a welcome packet before and that welcome packet includes like of course our house manual but you might be able to scan a, a qr code and now it goes to our website you can subscribe and at that point if you refer anybody else then that's the point that you're able to i guess get a discount yourself but there are ways in order to kind of keep that relationship management but i think about really the primary people that are going to be having those repeat guests are those people who are targeting a specific demographic let's say such as like travel nurses who mm -hmm. might be able to repeat an assignment or mm -hmm. corporate workers who are going to be in and out of the city on numerous occasions those are going to really be the best types of demographics to have those repeat guests and to really make sure that that relationship management is tight okay and you mentioned multiple platforms. Obviously, your IG is Airbnb money. Do you, was it a conscious decision? Let me be on, on other platforms because Airbnb is acting crazy or it could just potentially go away. Like what, what was the whole? No, that. Yeah, there was a conscious effort to be on multiple platforms. Of course, like I like to tell people, Airbnb is really the granddaddy of those platforms. It is the easy and most user friendly. Yeah. But from the jump, I knew that I needed to be on multiple platforms because I typically like to treat my business how I treat my personal brand, for instance. I wouldn't have my community with my own brand on just one platform like Instagram because mm -hmm. Instagram can go down at any point. So there's always been ways that I've been kind of like building or spread myself across multiple platforms or also building an email list both on my branding side but also on the airbnb side so in addition to being listed on airbnb i'm on furnish finder i'm on vrbo i'm on booking.com just to make sure that i'm getting all of the visibility that i can um, and again if any of those sites were to ever go down i do also have my own direct booking site that people are able to utilize as well so that helps with all of that okay so i'm curious about the youtube you did the docu-series for the tiny home Mm -hmm. What was the whole purpose of it? Was it just to document the process, show people the bad? Was it to get more awareness for more business? Like what, what went into that? Why do we do all that? Um, I really believe initially I documented this process. Um, number one, I've always been one to like, I like to show people what I'm doing. I like to show people what I'm doing and like, I guess the, the good and the bad behind it, because I want them to see that this is something that they can do, they can do too. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying out something. It's like, all right, I'm trying this out. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm going to document the process because I'm also somebody who I document everything. I do a ton of journaling. I do a ton of writing. I do a ton of like own, like my own video vlogging. So at that point, that is just how I'm able to look back on my own experience to make sure that I'm just benchmarking myself against myself to make sure that I'm improving. Um, but yeah, so that is kind of like, I guess the main piece with that. Okay, with the tiny home, obviously, it's a little bit different. Is it like a do people go there for content? Like, you know, so my YouTube channel, primarily, I would say the main people who are on there and the audience that we build up is for the tiny home. So people okay. are going to tiny home content, okay, content cool. to getting started with Airbnb as well. Um, I have some of my branding content on on there as well. And it's funny now that everything has blown up in terms of, I guess, people being interested in the tiny homes that has now put additional eyes on all of my previous content that I did years mm. ago. Yeah. Like, dang, why isn't this hitting? Why isn't this hitting? And now it's people under there and it's yeah. hitting. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's funny to kind of see that as well. Okay, dope. Yeah, that's the beauty of YouTube. So you have everything you did before on you. Is it the same? It's, it's not a new YouTube. It's the same one. Yeah, exactly. It's the oh, same. okay. 
Yep. Okay. So the same YouTube and what we do, because everything on there is going to be in regards to everything that I'm doing within my businesses, um, because most people or the audience that I've built, of course, they're interested in like the tiny home process, but most of them comment. You'll see a, a lot of the comments are, okay, I love what you're doing. I'm telling my friends about this. I'm telling mm -hmm. my kids about this. I really want to continue to follow you because you're going to continue to do great things. And with those types of comments, I'm like, all right, I don't just want to pigeonhole myself into just tiny home content because so many of them typically are interested when I do say, okay, I've had a vending machine business. Okay, I have sold, you know, thousands of dollars in, in digital products. They are interested in all of that in terms of how do you really, I guess, make money and build wealth and how do you keep your mindset right in the process? So that is what most of the content on the YouTube is now. It does include like the marketing content I have, some of my mindset content and my speeches from when I used to speak and do conferences. And then mm -hmm. it also has a tiny house series more so it's organized in playlists though so people understand what they're getting into oh, okay dope dope okay so basically i i forgot my question i had a specific question for you i think it was in regard to speaking mm -hmm. i'm trying to remember hold on give me a second so with your youtube okay so you have speaking on your you have speaking on your youtube are you currently doing any speaking? Because I know you said you stopped um, scaling. Yeah, right? okay. I stopped scaling the short-term rentals. The short-term rentals, yes, in terms of Airbnb. So right now, I do not have any uh, speaking engagement scheduled for this year, but that's primarily because I am heads down building land drift right now. So okay. in the tiny home realm, I'm giving myself a lot of focus because this is a project that um, it's on a lot larger scale than I say Airbnb. Airbnb and anything that I've ever done, because this is going to be something with, I'm working with the city of Atlanta, I'm working with people of the community to assist them with kind of getting these accessory dwelling units in the back of their homes as well. So it's something that's requiring me a little bit of focus since we are building a platform to go along with this as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, right now the focus is just the tiny homes, but um, I have yeah. not been speaking, but I do want to get back to it. And the way that I am kind of continuing to do that or leveraging it is documenting the process. So in yeah. addition to going tiny, which you'll see, we are now documenting all of this process in terms of what has made me kind of, I guess, slow down on scaling in the short-term rental space. And now how am I building this new company? And all of that is going to be released on my YouTube as well. Okay, dope. So what inspired Landrift? Um, what inspired it? My own case study. Like I am personally okay. my case study, if you think about okay. it. So um, no, yeah. some people don't know, but to clarify, my tiny home um, is, is located in the back of my investment property. So being in the back of my investment property, um, that tiny house has, people are very surprised, but it pays the mortgage for the main house. Um, and some people don't realize that or know that. And once I realized like, all right, I am able to do this. And then even furthermore, within the last one to two years, we see the average housing price is like $300,000, at least here within Atlanta, Georgia. That is a lot of money, especially for people who might be first time home buyers. So mm -hmm. how can we really figure out um, a benefit for everybody within this housing shortage that we have? And when I thought about it, it was the fact that I came here down south and so many people have these large backyards, myself included, I could completely fit another tiny house back there. Mm -hmm. What can we do with this land? And when I identified that and I'm like, all right, I did this. And Atlanta is one of those, honestly, more friendly places in terms of regulations when it comes to accessory dwelling units, tiny homes, micro homes. So it just made sense um, for this to be something or to be the next step because it's been so successful with me. And if we continue to do this, this 
This is going to be something that we can offer to students. We can offer to those within the aging population and they have in-home care. There are so many different options if we really just kind of focus on it. That's very, very dope. Salute to you for that. Yeah. Oh, I remember my question now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember. I remember. All right. So I always say, you don't know what you don't know, right? So this is why I personally make it an intention to always invest in myself. I want to know, did you have any mentors along the way or was it just mainly experience? Like, what was it? Uh, mentors, I would say it was mainly experience, but I do oh. have a few mentors, not specifically within, I would say the Airbnb space. If I have anything, they are mindset mentors. Gotcha. Um, my mindset mentors, um, these are people who I might be from where I'm from and they're doing things that maybe eventually I want to do and they've overcome those things. So I have mentors like that. But when I think about specific mentors here within like the real estate game, um, no, unfortunately not. But I do make sure that if they are not a direct mentor, I'm at least allowing myself the opportunity to learn from them and you can learn from everybody in this age like so many people have these ebooks they have these courses mm -hmm. they are creating content online mm -hmm. um, so I like to think that in that way I am learning for some of the from some of the people who are in the real estate game and in the short-term rental game as well okay so I know at least you personally you're a mentor for your clients let's say someone's listening to the podcast they're like okay I'm hearing all this Airbnb stuff I'm ready to get started do you accept anybody in your program? Is it a vetting process? Like, how does it, how does it work? Yeah. So there is a vetting process. So okay. number one, in order to get started in Airbnb money, um, you're going to have to go to the link in my bio. So the link in both my Instagram bio for Airbnb money, as well as my personal Instagram, you'll find it's the same link. You can sign up there. And once you sign up, it's actually going to shoot you over an assessment video. That video is required for everybody to watch before we hop on a call. And when we hop on a call, um, you can think of it more so like a, just a conversation in terms of, is this for you right now? Are you ready to get started with the rigor of what we have within the program? And then even furthermore, do we mesh um so is this something that you want to get started and learn from me and do I know the information that you are wanting to get started with because I don't like to teach people what I don't know I've never started in Airbnb outside of my own city so that's not something that I can teach you how to get started with mm -hmm. so those are the types of um I guess questions that we ask on that call once you have that call and depending on your score that is when you are then either welcomed into the program or I'm offering you um like the opportunity uh in one of my other like webinars or master classes and that might be more helpful for you at that time and how long is the program is it like a one-on-one -on -one? is it a group coaching thing how does it work it's a hybrid program so initially when we get started you're going to have a one-on-one -on -one call with me where we map everything out in terms of your business and that framework that i mentioned we're going to talk about your location we're going to talk about your ideal guest like and how are you going to get started in all of this and we get started building business credit with everybody even people mm -hmm. who are saying they do not want to get started with Airbnb via business credit, I still show you how you can get started via business credit and how you start building it just so that you can have it to leverage if anything does hit the fan. So um, once you get started there and we have that one-on-one -on -one call, thereafter, um, we have office hours once a week in addition to a suitability kind of call or roadmap that you can hop on every two weeks, every other Wednesday, um, where you can kind of get together with the other people in the group. And of course, you are always welcome to just hop on a one-on-one -on -one call with me if you just reach out. But for the most part, most of the information that you're going to need when you are really building and trying to find that first unit is going to be within our course platform, Teachable. So yeah, um, and then the duration of the program, I would say most people stay in it 
for at least like three months as you are building that business credit and working to get that first unit. And -hmm. thereafter, you are welcome to stay within our private group. So I have folks who like started their Airbnbs and they're on their second or third unit and they were in the program last year, but it's really good because you were able to see how this looks in terms of not only when you're starting, but when you're managing and scaling this as well. And how do you continue to optimize that process? Okay, got it. So do you mainly work with people that want to get in the space? You work with people that have been doing it, but they're looking to scale? Like what, what's the level of? I work with people who are, who are looking to know how to do this the right way. And a okay. lot of times this is people who have, they've been in the space for a while, meaning they have a couple of units, but they might be under their personal name and they finally want to know how to do this right. Mm-hmm. Or the people who are just starting and they're saying, you know what, I don't have time for any of the mess. I want to know how to do this the right way. Those are the two primary demographics I have. Okay, cool. And is this considered like your premium offer? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. This is my premium offer. So okay. this is, you're going to get all access to me and you're going to get all access access to everything else that I have as well. So I have a script training where I teach you, okay, what do you say when you call these places? Um, I have a complete masterclass, which is going to give you everything in terms of business credit, corporate leasing, how do I get started and how do I continue to kind of scale my business? And then I also have my ebook as well, which the 2022 version of that is going to be a bundle that releases likely by the time this um, podcast is releasing. So within the next two weeks, that is going to be released and it's going to include all of my experience from everything that went wrong and the craziness but also like how do you get started with corporate leasing um including how do you get like how do you negotiate with private owners if you're looking to go that route and not even look at building business credit or building a business credit score so it's going to talk about everything um and a lot more than the initial version that came out last year talks about um so it's still good all of the marketing and sales and everything as well but a lot more in terms of how do you really take this business and make it your own and Mm -hmm also um platform agnostic i would say so we have stopped just using the term airbnb it's your short-term rental because some people aren't even just listed on airbnb they may not even be listed there at all because they target travel nurses and they used furnished finder so how do you really make sure you're building this as a short-term rental business and not just this is my airbnb business gotcha okay so is that is that include that you said that's included in the bundle? Can they get the ebook stuff separate or how does yeah, you can absolutely get the ebook and okay. stuff separate? It's just that if you do join the mentorship, you get access to all of that already. Okay, cool. So we got the mentorship premium offer, we got the ebook. Do we got any other digital e-book. products? Yeah, ebook, masterclass. Um, I have okay. a at leasing one-on-one training. So a lot of my training and my products are in the form of replay videos as well as eBooks. Um, so that's what you're going to find. And all of that is linked at my bio, Airbnb money. Okay. So basically you're saying they have no excuse not to succeed with Airbnb because you got all those resources, all everything. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm giving you every single way. And I think that's um, a piece that I like to mention to everybody. Like I've done Airbnb every way you can think about during Airbnb. So I've snuck and done it at my own apartment and I've done it in my own private space. I've mm-hmm. purchased a house to get started. Mm-hmm. I've rented somebody else's house and done rental arbitrage to get started. I've done the corporate leasing me- method. And then I've also gone ahead and built a structure and put it on short-term rental platforms as well. So every single way that you can think about doing short-term rentals I've done that and that is all the experience that I kind of seep into my programs and my offers in addition to that experience that I have um, with business and marketing as well okay cool so what do you think is like the best 
piece of advice you could give somebody that's just getting started? Maybe it could be from your own experience or something that you heard or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. The best piece of advice for someone wanting to get started specifically within the short-term rental space, read all of your documents thoroughly. That is the best advice. Um, I have seen just based on my experience working with my own clients and then my own experience as well. You want to make sure that whatever conversation you are having, that is in writing. You are keeping some kind of paper trail and what you are signing is what has been said and agreed upon verbally between you and either the property manager, the apartment complex, the homeowner or what have you. Um, sometimes we think just because it was said verbally or was a verbal agreement that that is good enough and from my experience and a ton of other people's experience it isn't you need to make sure that that type of stuff is in writing so make sure you understand being in this space what an addendum is an addendum is an addition to a contract and typically if you're doing short-term rentals anywhere you want to have a short-term rental addendum even if they say oh it's all right add an addendum just so that you have covered your own behind Hey man, she saved y'all thousands upon thousands of dollars. But you no, know, that's that's perfect because um primarily the people that follow me, they know because I teach about consumer laws and stuff like that. So they're gonna be aware to do that contract. So, so I really like that you said that. So you said that you stopped scaling. I'm just curious, you know, things always change. Where do you see yourself within like five years? Five years in terms of short-term yeah. rentals. Yeah. Um, I definitely see myself still having a few and maybe like yeah. they are they are not the, the shorter-term rentals that we typically think about. So they're still going to be short-term, but even right now I've transitioned into more travel nurses and corporate workers just because they are there a longer period of time. So it is yeah. a lot less back and forth and upkeep and then even furthermore expenses and operating costs on my end. And as already stated, it allows me to then focus more of like my mental real estate mm -hmm. on building this new company and kind of figuring out how I can introduce other people to accessory dwelling units. So yeah, that's where I'm at with that. But yeah, like five, five years from now, Landriff is going to be going crazy. You five years. Five years is going, it's going, I still see more content, like still releasing the same content, still sharing my experience with other people. But mm -hmm. I'm hoping by then, like there's like, if not my own talk show, like a very popular, like video cast podcast, like. Speak it, speak it, speaking into existence. First time on a count podcast. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So by that time, I definitely um, want to build it up to that point where I'm still interviewing other people, but mm -hmm. I have an audience to where it allows me to, again, like create a space and a community around everything that I'm doing. And even furthermore, it's off of like digital platforms. Um, I am ready for us to go back to having in-person events and really bringing people together with that energy like we used to. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. A lot of people don't know that we met at, uh, well, was that how we met? I know yes. we were at the Nesby conference, but I feel like we met on LinkedIn, possibly. Yes, right? I think we met on LinkedIn and then we met up at the- Then we met in person. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that more later. But um, we're going to get into the financial round. It's going to be pretty much the last question and we're going to wrap up the interview. So number one, it's just, it's just a number of questions, you know, just off the top of your head, what you're thinking. So number one, what do you do for fun when you're not going crazy in the Airbnb space? When I'm not going crazy in an Airbnb space, what do I do for fun? Um, I am reading. I would say I'm reading and I'm like taking notes and I'm journaling. That's fun to me. Like 
personal development. Um, okay. So I read a book and then like I recently just got an iPad. Best thing ever as a business person, somebody whose mind is always running. Best thing ever. Um, yeah. So I got an iPad and that allows me to more easily like, okay, in all of my books that I might read, you already know we kind of had Atomic Habits together. Yeah. Yeah. Books like that, that I'm reading, I can more easily take notes. And then I'm also journaling about like my own stuff and what's going on too. So my mind's always there. That is what I do for fun. I do consider that a lot of fun. Okay, perfect. What you reading right now? Um, right now I'm reading like how to own your day, start your life on your day. It's pretty much okay. how like it integrates. This this guy who's like a gym freak, but he's integrating all these aspects of I guess like athleticism, meaning like when you wake up, no, you shouldn't just immediately go to your phone, like drink some water, hydrate your body, all yeah. the little things you can do when starting your day that completely make a difference in terms of your mindset and how you can conquer things. Okay. Okay, dope. I was going to say, what's your favorite Airbnb resource and why? But we can go with, because we, we said language. What's your favorite short-term rental, I guess, resource and why? Exactly. Short-term rental resources, YouTube. YouTube, there are a lot of smart people on there. You just have to make sure that you've looked up what their experience looks like. And it's similar to what you're looking to get into. Um, so I like, um, he previously was known as Airbnb Automated, but he is now been requested to change his name. So um, the Airbnb automated guy, if you have been okay. looking at Airbnbs, you, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. He's big on YouTube. Um, in addition to, I would say Noelle Randolph, she was really good in terms of kind of, I guess those initial resources with getting started in terms of business credit. She has a ton of resources on there. So YouTube is the best place for you to go. Okay, definitely, dope, dope. Next question. We spoke about uh, atomic habits. What habit can you attribute to your success with short-term rentals? Mm, what habit can I attribute to my success? I would say like habit. I'm trying to think about it in terms of habits. I know what contributed to my success with it, but how was it like? <laughs> um, I, I would say I do have a habit of, I guess, constantly thinking about the experience of other people or the value that I'm bringing to other people. That's mm. like a habit that I have. Can I say that? Yeah, that like, works. That yeah. Like constantly thinking about the value that I bring to other people. Um, and I've always done that prior to even doing Airbnb. Many people know within branding, I always talked about that. What is your brand value? So mm -hmm. constantly thinking about that and thinking about like, how was this experience for other people, the other person on the other end? That's what attributed to most of my success because that is how I was able to really think about, okay, what are the different things that I could, I guess, add into my unit, add into the experience that are really going to take this over the top for them to know like, wow, you think you really know me. That's what I want to, that's what I want them to think when they go into that. You're like, how does she know that I like oh, yeah. chips away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah, that's a good answer. I like that. Okay. Last uh, question of the financial round. We're going to ask one more question, wrap it up. It could be related, it could be non related. If you could change one thing about the Black community, what would it be and why? <laughs> Your face. <laughs> loaded you can't say that's the last question if i could change one thing about the black community what would it be and why it's off the top of your head maybe it's airbnb related maybe it's not 
I, I would change I would change our level of discernment, especially when it comes to like getting knowledge from other people and thinking about putting ourselves in a different position. I feel like there's not a good level of discernment we tend to have. We look at it in terms of okay, what do they have rather than who are they? Like do okay, I might want what this person has, but do I want to be who this person is in order to get that stuff? I don't I feel like we we don't tend to think about that. We just don't take the information and run with it. Yeah. And really need to make sure that you're thinking about whether or not like these are people that you you really want to learn from just because they got all the nice shiny things don't mean that you know it's in the way that you're wanting to get to it Mm -hmm. and that's an experience that I've had within this game Mm. okay that's a good answer okay last question is there a question people do not ask you maybe in interviews that you'd want to mention now like you you think like damn I wish they asked me that question or something no I feel like I'm, I'm an open book okay you can find, yeah, like, I, I okay. feel like we've talked about everything, like, okay. you hit it all, mindset, money, marketing, it's there. <laughs> you just heard it, you know, I just want to make sure you say I'm the best interviewer in the world, no, I'm playing, but, oh, all right, so can you let us know how we can find you, you know, we know you got the mentorship, we know you got the ebook, where can we find you, where can we get all that, I'm so, I'm a plug it, but where can we find Absolutely. you? Yeah, so I would say the best place um, is at Airbnb Money on Instagram, or honestly, you can find me anywhere on all platforms at Precious C Price. Um, just search Airbnb Money or my name, and it should pop up. Um, but all of that links back to each other, so you will not miss a thing. I promise. But everything is there at Precious C Price. Is there like a text word they could do? I think I've seen money text money or something. Is there something oh, like no, that? No, you can DM me money if you're wanting. Oh, to that's text. a DM. Okay. Yeah, there's no text. If you actually want to go opt in to make sure that you are following everything that I have, you actually can go to the links in any of my bios. And that is going to allow you to get started with a free training that I have, which is honestly the best way to get started with kind of understanding who I am in this space and what I do and what you need to know before getting started. So if you grab that free training, you're automatically going to be on my email list. All right, there you have it. We gave you all the information. Y'all can start. If y'all don't start at this point, you just hate money. You know, you got the credit, you got the resources. Get started Airbnb. Thank you so much, Precious, for being on a podcast. I appreciate it. Y'all have a blessed one. Absolutely. Thank you. Yep. Thanks so much for listening to the Cap Podcast. I hope you got beneficial information. If you got beneficial information, shout us out on social media. Uh, send us a review. You know, let us know. Hopefully everything's good with you. If you have not got the free cat credit literacy course, go ahead and text the word course to 914-353-4741. Again, that is 914-353-4741. You've listened to the episode. If you haven't gotten the free course, now it's time to take action. Y'all have a blessed one.